Open your Bible to the book of Matthew chapter 7 this morning. Matthew chapter 7. Oh, the song, You Are So Beautiful. You are so beautiful. That, that was actually written to the Lord. It wasn't just something adapted from a secular song to, to fit the Lord. It was actually written to the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Matthew chapter 7. And let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this wonderful, beautiful day. Thank you, Lord, for your people. Thank you for your presence. And we thank you for your word, Lord, that we shall be forever changed as we put it into practice today. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Matthew 7, let's read in verse 12. The Bible says, Therefore all things whatsoever you would that men would do to you, do you even so to them. For this is the law and the prophets. I mean, people, if they don't know much about the Bible, they know that, don't they? Do what you would have others do unto you. You do the same for them. Jesus says, Enter in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And many there be which go in thereof or thereat because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leads to life and few there be that find it beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing but inwardly they are ravening wolves you shall know them by their fruits do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles even so every good tree bringeth forth good fruit but a corrupt tree brings forth evil fruit a good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that brings not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits you shall know them. Do you know that we are known by our fruits as well? We are known by our fruits. Some people say, well, you know, it's not the, it's, it's not the fruit that matters, it's the root. Well, the root is important, but, but Jesus is talking about the fruit. If you have a bad root, you're going to have bad fruit. So by our fruits, we shall be known. And then turn over to John chapter 15. John chapter 15, and we're going to begin in verse 1. Jesus speaking says that, I am the true vine, and my Father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that bears not fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he purges it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can you except you abide in me. How much can we do outside of the Lord? Well, you know, we can do a little bit of stuff. <laughs> he says, without me, you can do nothing. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abides in me and I in him, the same brings forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Say this, without the Lord, I can do nothing. Just something, I mean, it's not, I don't say that you have to go around confessing that all the time, but just always never forget it. 
If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me, verse 7, and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. So shall you be my disciples. As the fathers loved me, so now have I loved you. Continue in my love. So we see that one of the, the things that God, the will of God for our life is that we bear much fruit. I want there to be an abundance of fruit that, that's in my life to the glory of God, but also that what is fruit for? It's not just there for, for um, you know, just show. Well, yeah, we, we, I remember growing up, we used to have these plastic apples all the time. And it's like, mom, why, put some real fruit in there too. You know, we had a little basket. Because, you know, you get real hungry, you, you forget. You, you might just go and sink your teeth into that plastic. <clears throat> but fruit is to be partaken of. Fruit in our life is not just something that, oh, aren't they wonderful? Aren't they just so, an exhibition. You know, a lot of people, a lot of people, it's like China. Now, we have China, but we actually use our China. Now, some people have China for 30 years and they never even, oh, you can't use it. Well, why do you even have it? Right. Take out the paper plates for Thanksgiving then. <laughs> but, you know, a lot of people, they, they, they look all, all good and like perfect, but they've never been used. They've never been used, so they've never let the Lord use them. So they're not, they don't have any scratches. You know, if you, if you let the Lord use you, you're gonna have, you might have a couple scratches on you. You, you, might, you might have some, a little bit of a wear and tear. I mean, like, Lord, use, use my life. Or I don't want to just look like I'm still in the box. Lord, 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 take my life. Use it for your goodness and, and for your glory. And so the will of God is that we all bear much fruit. When we are born again, the Bible says that we are spiritual babes, spiritual babies, and we are supposed to desire the sincere milk of the word that we can grow thereby. So God's will is that we grow up in him in all things. It's a wonderful thing to grow up, isn't it? A few of you, okay. For the rest of us, it's a good thing to, be, to grow up. Why? Because it's a good thing. You know, the, the Bible talks about uh, individuals in the Old Testament about being that when they were weaned, and it said that they threw a celebration. It's a good celebration when people are weaned. Amen. You know, even so spiritually, when, you know, in many churches, the, the spiritual nursery is full. And, and people that have been born again for 20 years, don't, don't try to take their bottle away from them because they're like, no, I want it. I want my bottle. I've been saved for 40 years, but I don't want to grow. When, when other people need to be growing and coming in the kingdom. You know, the kingdom of God is a lot of births and, and those that are growing up. And going out. But there should always be constant births into the church. I'm not talking about just a local church. I'm talking about in the church, people being born again. Right. And so we should grow up into him in everything the Bible says. And so I want to speak this morning about bearing fruit, about bearing much fruit in our lives. Being full of the fruit of the Spirit. How many think it's important that we have fruit in our life? 
I didn't say be fruity, but you have fruit in your life. You know, that, that brother, he's real fruity. Well, that's, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about bearing fruit. Amen. Hallelujah. And so when we begin to talk about these things, about bearing much fruit, bearing much fruit, maybe that's a good title because I really didn't choose a title. I just had a lot of thoughts I put together. And so bearing much fruit, when we do that, we're not coming from a negative standpoint. A bunch of do's and don'ts. You know, I would rather always focus on the positive than the negative. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't. Now, your flesh doesn't like the word no, does it? No, you're not going to have that. In fact, you're not going to have that candy bar for a whole month. No, you're not going to look at that. No, you're not going to have that. Have you ever told your flesh no? It should be pretty often. <laughs> No, you're not going to get in a fight. No, you're not going to get. I mean, your, your head just floods your, your. You could be in a service like this and just everyone thinks, boy, they're just such an angel and stuff. And your mind can just be flooded with all kinds of thoughts. What are you supposed to do with that? Cast it down. Casting down. Throw it. It's just like a ball. You get that ball, you throw it. You throw thoughts. And you say, no, I'm not going to have that. No, that's, that's not a lovely thought. It's like a, someone knocks at your door. You, you look through the, the little viewfinder, don't you? Or you look around the side and you, you just want to check and see who's there. You know, the Bible gives us a checklist about different thoughts that come to us. It says every thought, that's, if it's lovely, good report, virtue, praise, think on these things. So what, what you need to do is when, when someone, a thought comes to your mind and you look and you say, uh-oh, that thought's not lovely. That's an un, ungodly thought. That's an unlovely thought. You don't let it in. You just don't let it in. No, uh, we're not going that way today. Uh, sorry, um, we're real happy today. And if, if you've ever been having a good day and then someone shows up at the house, just look straight ahead. Don't, don't. But you ever, you ever just had a good day? And I'm not, talk, I'm not thinking of anybody in particular that's ever come to my house, so don't, don't be thinking if it's you. But, you know, you can just be, you can be going to work. You know, you, you're singing and you're happy. And then you meet a certain person. Especially on Monday. Why? Because people expect, people are entitled to have a bad day on Mondays, they think. Why? Because it's Monday. Well, you know, I had a, had a hard weekend. What'd you do? Well, I just went on the boat Saturday and I slept all Sunday. And it was a hard, hard weekend. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, we don't preach from do's and don'ts. We preach faith. We preach from the side of what can I do? It's not about me, don't do this, don't do that. But when I have the fruit of the Spirit working my life, it begins to take care of those things in my life. I don't focus on about not being angry. I focus on the, the fruit of the Spirit that, that takes care of that. Hallelujah. So we're going to talk about the fruit of the Spirit. Hallelujah. John, am I in the right place here? <laughs> the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, that if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, all things have become new. So what does that mean? Do you know that we all had fruit when we were, when we were lost? 
I'll tell you the fruit. I, I, I won't tell you all the fruit I had. But it was bad. I, I had depressed fruit. I had lonely fruit. I had lost fruit. I had sin fruit. I had all those things. And it doesn't matter what it is. Even a person who has never been born again, they're, they're real, they're very, what you might think, um, modest. They're very holy. If they've never been born again, they're still in the kingdom of darkness. They're just a polished up version. But once we give our life to the Lord, we have him come on the inside of us and new fruit begins to operate. And actually, the Bible says, in fact, I'll get there in just a minute. Let me not get too far ahead of myself. When we learn to yield to the new nature, to the nature and life of God in our spirits, that's when things begin to happen. So, all of the Christian life is about a flow. You know, one thing that I've learned in life, it's been a blessing to me, is to learn that the Holy Spirit has a flow. It's not just a knee-jerk reaction and just stop, go, stop, go, and oh, I gotta. I mean, I used to be like this, Shingy, and I just, I gotta confess the word, and I just get so. Oh, now I gotta pray in the Holy Ghost. Now I just gotta. Now I gotta do this. Now I gotta do this. And then you're afraid that you've left something out. But you know, God doesn't want you to live like that. You, one of the best things that I've learned in life is God just wants you to chill sometimes and just learn how to enjoy Him. To learn how to, to not be so worked up all the time. You know, I've shared this before, but I've been, I've been going to meetings before. And before the meeting, I get so worked up. And then I, I would just like, just so tense. Oh, God, oh, God, I'm going to this meeting. And it's like, oh, thank you so much that I'm here. And that, that you know, it's such a privilege to be here. And this is when Brother Hagen was alive and, you know, and you're like, oh, man, this service, there are many people would love to be here. And I'm just, oh, God, oh, God, you know, I'm just like pacing like a tiger back and forth and just, oh, God. And then you just get so excited. And then all of a sudden, oh, no, I just like cranked my neck just because I was acting dumb, you know. And, and then, you know, you get so in, the, in a place, in a zone, you think you're being spiritual. You think you're, you're going to receive from God. But you know what happens? You don't even receive. And that's the way I used to be. I used to be so intense but I didn't receive. And I was actually being religious more than I ever thought I knew. <laughs> and so I'm not talking about you, I'm talking about me. And so I just learned how to just, Lord, I'm, I'm going to receive from you. I'm going to press in. It's going to, maybe it looks different for someone else, but I'm just going to receive from you today. Hallelujah. And so we learn to yield to the new nature on the inside of us. The Bible tells us in Romans 12, I want you to look at Romans chapter 12. Romans 12 in verse 1. I beseech, or another word for that is I beg you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your spiritual worship, your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing your, of your mind, that you may prove was that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So once we give our lives to, to Jesus, that's not the end. That's only the beginning. Now we have the lifelong 
process of renewing our mind. Renewing our mind that we begin to think like he thinks. That, that I understand. And see, the further you go in the Lord, things the Lord will reveal things to you that maybe in the beginning he didn't. And you realize that, hey, this, this is a sin or this is something I need to set aside. As we renew our mind, we become conformed to what his will is for our life. And the Bible tells us in Philippians 2.13, For it is God which worketh in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. It's God that's working in me to do his will. You know, the, the Christian life is not one of willpower. Oh, bless God, I'm not going to do this, I'm not going to do this, I'm not going to do this. And what, what usually happens, you, you have that wrong focus and then you end up doing it. What you need is grace. If you can have enough grace from God, Working on the inside, you will overcome anything in life. So it's God that works within me. Both the will and the do of his good pleasure. So what God does is, if, you're, um, if you know the scripture that says this, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. The thing we have to realize is this. God actually puts those desires on the inside of you. Then he helps bring them to pass. So it's not just some desire that's way off in left field. God puts a desire in your heart to do something. Then, as you delight in him, as you, as, you, as you get excited about him, as you worship him, as you delight in God, Lord, I just love being with you. I love worshiping you. You're so good. You're so awesome. Lord, I magnify you. Oh, Lord, I, I praise your name. You delight in him. You, that word means brighten up, spin around. Amen. That's, that's what delight is. You know, a lot of people think delight's just, you know, just I'm, I'm, I'm just half-hearted. No, you delight, you get excited. Amen. It's like when you go, you go to a, to a big, you know, big store. You, you know, you, you don't see guys going like Cabela's or, or like um, Bass Pro Shop. I was, well, I didn't go in it, but I saw one right close to where I was. Uh, last week, but I've been in that one before, but, <laughs> you know, you, people get lost in there, and they're like, oh, man, and they just, hours later, they're just so excited. They're delighting, why? They're delighting in that. About 20 years ago, I went to a music store. This is not just a regular music store. For, for an instrumentalist, it's not a, a normal music store. It's one of the largest ones in the world. It's over in um, uh, Indiana. And as I'm over there, the first day I was over there three and a half hours. And then I was just like, man, I got to go. And my friend, he said, Will, is this all you're going to spend is three and a half hours? And he was just being facetious. But, but what happened? I was delighting. You know, when you delight in the Lord, the things, he, he puts things on the inside of you. As you delight in him, then he's going to bring those things to pass. You know, I can't make things happen. As much as I want things to happen with this building, I can't make it happen. The Lord's going to have to do it. And the Lord's speaking to his people. And so I'm not going to be stressed about it one bit, though. Why? I cast the care on the Lord. Lord, you're working things out. Lord, you're taking, this is yours. In fact, Lord, I'm not going to lose one night of sleep about it. Lord, this is yours. You didn't, I didn't make this up myself. You did. <laughs> so, so, Lord, you're going to, Bring it to pass. Hallelujah. 
So us, as believers, bearing fruit is the result of an outworking of the Spirit of God. Why? Because something happens on the inside. We used to sing a song, I got Jesus on the inside, working on the outside. Oh, what a change in my life. I've got Jesus on the inside, working on the outside. Oh, what a change in my life. And it just repeats it again. Oh, what a change. That's what the Christian life is, is learning how to, the Bible says we have this treasure in earthen vessels. So I have a treasure on the inside. I have to learn how to get that treasure out. You know, it's not enough that we just have something inside. It's got to come out. You know, it's just like, well, pastor, I'm just, I'm full of joy and I've got the victory. No, if it does, then notify your face. Give your face a rest. Amen. Begin to brighten up and smile. And so the Christian life is learning to let that treasure that's on the inside come out to the outside. We must continually allow him to work in our lives. That's why, and you can turn over to Galatians chapter 5. That's why we need the presence of God continually in our life. That's why we talk about the fire of God. What is the fire of God? The fire of God, John the Baptist said this. He said, I'm a Baptist. Now just humor me for a moment. Here, John, he says, I'm a, I'm a Baptist, but there's coming a Pentecostal after me. He said, he's going to baptize you. He said, I indeed baptize you with water. That's a good thing. But there's one coming after me. He's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost. Don't stop there. And with fire. So there should be a fire that's on the inside. There should be a fire that, that's birthed, that comes out of you. Hallelujah. So look over in Galatians chapter 5. So we're talking about bearing fruit today. Who wants to bear fruit? Galatians chapter 5. And let's look in um, verse 15. But if you bite and devour, uh, let's go back to 13. For brethren, you have not been called, for you have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serving one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, take heed that you be not consumed one of another. This I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Everyone say that. If I walk in the spirit, I will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Now understand that the word lust just means strong desire. Your, your, your body can have many different desires that it has a... It's a strong desire. And not, not everything is bad. It's just how, how far, you know, where do you allow it to go? I mean, it's okay to drink if you want a glass of tea or if you want, a, a, you know, 
if you, you know, I, I don't, I, I personally don't drink pop, but if you want some, that's fine. But if not to drink three or four liters a day, how many, how many know what I'm saying? Our pastor said when he first came to America, he loved Dr. Pepper. He said he came from Africa. There was no Dr. Pepper. And so he thought the word doctor must be good, you know, good for you. So he was drinking like three liters a day. And uh, I remember when three liters came out, you know, they were, and you could get them for like 99 cents and stuff. And so we'd get those three liters. Don't get the two liter, get the three liter. But he said that he drank so much of it, he started having these spots on his arms and these brown spots. And he went to the doctor and he said, um, he said, what do you, what do you, um, doctor, I have these spots on my arm. He said, well, what are you doing? He said, well, you know, I, I drink Dr. Pepper. He said, how much? Like three liters. He said, oh, that's the problem then. <laughs> Just lay off of that. <laughs> that's what the Bible says. That there's some things that are not, you know, they're lawful for me to do, but they're not expedient. They're not advantageous. Yeah, don't be a glutton. <laughs> you know, actually, when you read the Bible, the book of Proverbs, the Bible likens being a glutton to also it, um, drunkenness because the same things apply. But here's the great news. The Bible tells us that the life of God is on the inside of me, that the power of Christ is on the inside. 1 John 4, 4 says this, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So the greater one empowers us. The, the, the Spirit of God, one of the things that he does is he, he equips us. There might, there might have been something that in our past that we yielded to, but now we don't. Why? Because of the power of Christ. Because of the anointing. Because greater is he that is within me. Not because I'm so good or I have such willpower, but because the power of Christ comes on the inside of me and delivers me. It sets me free. That's why we need the fire. Why? Because the fire burns. The fire just, just, just burns that off of us. Because here's the thing. We either have fire now or hell fire later. Which one do you want? I'd rather have the fire now or the hell, you know, you have hell fire later. Or and then the Bible talks about us having fire, the judgment seat of Christ. But see, I, I would rather God deal with things now in my life. So then when I'm able to stand before the Lord, which we all are, when I stand before the Lord, then that fire is going to burn, but there's going to be left, not wood, hay, and stubble, but there's going to be gold, silver, precious stones. Amen. That's why we do a, want the Lord to have a purifying work on the inside. But notice this, he says, walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. If I am busy walking in the spirit of God, if I'm walking in the, um, if I'm walking in a neighborhood that I'm supposed to be and not, I don't have to worry about, you know, be walking in one I'm not supposed to be in. If I'm, if I'm, taking my time to be busy about the things of God, if I take my time to be busy at work, then I'm not going to be off doing other things, am I? If I'm walking in the Spirit, then I don't have to worry about control. You know, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. And that's what I'm saying. 
always focus on the positive side when it comes to walking in the Spirit. And, you know, when you say walking in the Spirit, a lot of people have a lot of different ideas. They think, well, you know, ooh, you know, they must be really spiritual. But walking in the Spirit just means you walk according to the dictates of the spirit man and not the flesh man. They hit me, I'm going to hit them. They spit on me, I'm going to spit on them. You know, that's, that's the way the flesh is. But I want you to look right here at what he says. And I'm just going to, I'm going to go through this quickly and I want to get to verse 22. But notice he says that the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. These are contrary the one to the other so that you cannot do the things that you would. But if you be led of the spirit, you're not under the law. See, I want you to, to realize this is such great news for us today because I don't have to yield to the flesh. Amen. It, it's not something that I, I mean, we've all struggled with things. There's, there's nothing, there's not a one person that, that's been, haven't yielded to the flesh in their life. But you learn to overcome by the power of God. And so the good news is I don't have to yield. I can yield to the dictates of the spirit man if you be led of the spirit you're not under the law now notice what he says now the works of the flesh are these they're manifest which are these adultery fornication uncleanness lasciviousness idolatry witchcraft hatred variance emulations wrath strife seditions heresies envyings murders drunkenness revelings and such like of the which I tell you before, as I have told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, I'm not going to go through all these, but we see there's 17 works of the flesh here. But I want you to notice, though, what the fruit of the Spirit is. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering. Gentleness, goodness, faith, or faithfulness is a, is a better way on, on this. Just a matter of translation. Meekness, temperance against such, there is no law. So I want you to look at this. The, the fruit of the Spirit is this. Number one, love. What's the first thing that should be a evidence of the born-again Spirit? The love of God. And like we were, we were talking the other day, if, if you walk in love, you don't have to be concerned about stealing. You know, I can't steal from my neighbor. If you love them, you won't steal from them. If you walk in love, you won't hurt someone. If you love somebody, then you're not going to commit sin against them. So the, the first and greatest fruit is love. The Bible tells us in Galatians 5, 6, faith worketh by love. So the greatest thing that from the Word of God you can understand about this is that that same love that God is, is on the inside of you. I can't love that person. Jesus can, and Jesus is on the inside of you. So what do you, you yield to that. So what do I do? I, I confess over my life, Lord, I thank you that your love is on the inside of me. The love of God is shed abroad in my heart, Romans 5, 5. By the Holy Ghost who is within me. In fact, the whole scripture says this. And hope maketh not ashamed, 
Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. The Bible tells us to love your enemies. So love covers every area. You know, someone, someone came for counseling one time, not to me, but, <laughs> but to a minister. And I don't know if this is just a parable or if this actually happened, so it's a good, it's a good illustration nonetheless. But this one person, they came and they said, you know, pastor, you know, um, they, they said, you know, I need help. And, and like I said, this is not my, my story. This is just what I heard. So they, this, this person came in for counseling to this pastor and they said, uh, you know what? I need to um, talk to you, you know, and, you know, I, I just can't love my spouse anymore. And they said, well, the Bible says love your, your, um, your spouse. Love your wife, love your husband. Yeah, but I can't. Well, the Bible says, love your friends. They said, yeah, but they're not a friend to me anymore. The Bible says, love your enemies. <laughs> so <laughs> so there's, there's never anything that we, we have an out. Hallelujah. We have to love every person. Now, whether people want that love or not, that's another story. You know, sometimes even in, in husbands and wives, the Bible says if it be pleased for them to dwell, let that person stay. But, you know, sometimes people are not pleased to dwell with the spouse. Maybe they're in sin or, or running around. So we're not, we're not talking about that. We're talking about that we have a responsibility to walk in love. And the, the love of God is shut abroad in my heart. So... No matter what someone does to me, I can love them with the same love. Number two, joy. What, what's an evidence of the fruit, a fruit of the Spirit? Is joy. We're not just talking about laughter. We're not talking about just hilarity. We're talking about the joy that's on the inside that no matter the storms of life, no matter what, what's on the horizon, no matter what's coming against me, the rain may blow, the 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 storm may, may come in, but I'm going to have joy in the midst of the storm. I'm going to have peace in the midst of the storm. The joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. And that joy is on the inside of me. Hallelujah. We used to sing a song about this joy that I have. The world didn't give it to me. And, and the world didn't give it and the world can't take it away. Hallelujah. Listen to Romans chapter 14. And the reason this is so important because people can come and get stirred up in a meeting like this and where there's a, a mass faith of every person and then they go out and they get defeated because they don't realize that they're, that same victory is on the inside of them. They just don't feel it right now. You know, I don't, I don't hear the, the music. I don't hear the organ playing. I don't hear the, the fast drum beat going, the two beat. I got the victory. You know, and then they go off and they think, I don't have it. I lost it somewhere. No, you have it. You just have to stir it up. You just have to realize what you have. I like what John Osteen said one time. He said, we need not so much in, information as we, or inspiration as we need information. We need inspiration, but we need information. Bible truth. And so the joy of the Lord is our strength. 
But Romans 14 says this in verse 17. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. So I have his joy on the inside of me. But I have a choice, don't I, every day. I can either yield to depression. I can, I can um, roll the windows down, you know, pull the curtains down. I can have a box of Kleenex. I can just cry and just nobody knows the trouble I've seen. See, I can do that or I can just, I can yield to what's on the inside. What does that mean? Even if I don't feel like it, I can shout. I can prop, I can prop the, the corners of my eyes up with toothpicks if I need to and just say, look, I'm going to shout no matter what. God's been too good to you. <laughs> you know, it actually, what is it they say is it takes like 72 muscles to frown, but only a, a, a handful to smile. That's why we say, give your face a rest. Smile. Hallelujah. So the joy of the Lord is my strength. Number three, peace. One of the things that we should have this fruit of the, the born again spirit is peace. No more, no more storms. There shouldn't always be a storm going on in my life. There shouldn't always be the winds and the waves beating. There should be a time where I can just, even in the midst of a storm, I have peace. I have peace. I have tranquility. It's on the inside of me. That's why people need to know who they are in Christ. Because sometimes people are praying for things that already belongs to them. You know, it's like people get, in old times, you know, they, they, they would get filled with the Holy Spirit, come down to the altar and, and be shouting and, and praying in tongues and then say, oh Lord, send the power just now. And then they have the power of God right on the inside of them. <laughs> you need to know what you already have. That's why the Lord says that the eyes of our understanding would be flooded with light, that we may know the hope of his calling, that we may know what's already been freely given to us of God. That's the problem is people don't know what's already been given to them. So peace, the peace of a soul that's in good fellowship with God. Colossians 3.15 says this, And let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Do you let the peace of God rule in your heart today? The, um, I don't, one translation says this, Let the peace of God be the umpire. So in every situation in life, if you need to make a decision, Lord, which way do I go? What do I do in this situation? Let peace be the umpire. I remember growing up, we, my next door neighbor, he just passed away last year, but he was like 70. He was the dad next door. But I remember he, um, he would umpire. And I always knew when he umpired because, you know, there's certain, you know, they have certain way they... Kind of, it finally woke some people up there when I did that. <clears throat> but he had a way of, uh, of calling balls and strikes. You know, some guys just like, they turn and they do this, but he was just like, you know, he had a certain, he was way into it, you know. Well, see, he's calling, that's a ball, that's a strike. Well, the same way peace should call those things. No, that's not right. No, you, 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 don't, you don't go that direction. You, you don't have any peace there. But, but peace also says, okay, that's good. That's my way. That's my will. Walk in it. 
That's what peace does. <laughs> Amen. Sometimes, see, I don't even know what I'm going to say sometimes. So the Lord just will give me illustrations and you just go with it. You never know what you, I don't plan everything out. So, Amen. I, I, I learned to um, in, enjoy the Lord even as I'm preaching. Hallelujah. So the peace of God. So love, joy, peace. That's on the inside. And you know, if you have these things working within you, they make you ir irresistible to other people. Can you say amen? Why? Because that's what people want. But just keep reading. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering. Well, you know, I, I, I just can't put up with that person. The Bible says you can. I, I tend to believe the Bible. The, I'm going to suffer long. What does that mean? I mean, another word is forbearance. Put up with stuff. Usually it means that we don't, we don't just have our way all the time, doesn't it? I mean, you can't just get up and say, unless you heard from the Lord, okay, after church, it's Burger King, not Wendy's. It's Burger King. I heard when I woke up this morning, Burger King. No, I mean, in things that really don't matter, just have some, a little bit of flexibility. So long-suffering, gentleness. We should be gentle with one another, not so harsh. Goodness, that's the fruit of the Spirit. Faith or faithfulness, that's the fruit of the Spirit. Meekness, another word for that is humility. So realize that today that the, the flesh, the nature of the flesh is this, pride, arrogance, but the nature of the Born-again spirit should be humility, humble. Now, meek does not mean weak. People think, well, I don't want to be meek, you know, because they equate meek with weak. But actually, the proudest people are the weakest people. Why? Because they're trying through their pride and through their arrogance and their pushiness. Never associate being pushy with boldness. You know, some people say, well, I just realized my authority in Christ and I'm just, I'm sorry, that's just my prophetic anointing. No, you're just pushy. You're carnal. There is a boldness. There is a, 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 a strong stance in the spirit. But that doesn't mean you mow people down. You know, it doesn't mean, well, you know, I just, I'm going to have my way or else. I mean, you know, there's, there's people that, now I, I think you should do what God tells you to do. You should be specific, but. I mean, there's people that, guest ministers. Now, I'm telling you the truth on this. People have people come in as a guest minister, and it has to be just like this or no other way. Just like this. And, you know, in the ready room or like in the hotel, they leave the, the fruit trays and stuff, and it can only be the blue-colored M&Ms. It can't be any other colors, just the blue. And when you vacuum, you have to vacuum out so you leave no prints on the... I, I mean, I'm, I'm telling the truth. You know, people can be like that. We should, we should just learn to, to just have a live and let live, just to, just to relax. Not be pushy, not be proud. So he said meekness, that's the fruit of the Spirit. And then temperance. What is temperance? Temperance means self-control. 
Self-control in every area of our life. Everyone say self-control. And so I'm not, I'm not telling you what to do. Or You always have to just learn to see how the Lord is dealing with you. But let me, let me bring this out too. There's also, you know, people think just the flesh, don't they? People always think their appetites. And when you say temperance, people think either sexually or they think what they eat. But you know, the Bible says that he that rules the spirit is greater than he that takes the city. Controlling our anger. Controlling the man on the inside. Controlling the flesh. Amen. Just learning to just... Uh, I, one thing I've learned in life is some, there's certain things that in, in the grand scheme of things, they really don't matter a whole lot. You know, if I don't have my way on that, that's fine. Um, if my son eats half the candy bar that I wanted, then that's fine. If he eats the whole thing, then that's fine. People are laughing, but it's truth. <laughs> you know, I heard a story many years ago. There was this couple... They had been married for like 60 years. And she killed her husband. And they said it's because he, he, I think he stole her cornflakes or something like that. How many know it's not, it's not worth it? Just, dear, you have the cornflakes. <laughs> but look what he says here. And we'll finish up here. He says, Against such, there is no law. When we walk in the spirit, when we walk in the, in the we're busy about walking in love, joy, peace, long-suffering, all, you know, all the fruit of the spirit, there is no law against that. And verse 24 says this, and they that are Christ, say that's me. They that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. And like I said, don't, don't just focus on one area. When, when you say lust, people think one area. But, you know, your body has a strong desire to sleep. But how many know that has to be controlled? Your body has a strong desire, which is, is the word lust, for pleasure. But that has to be controlled. Your body has a strong desire to eat. But it has to be controlled. Your body has lots of desires that just have to be controlled. And what happens is we allow the greater one on the inside of us. They that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. So our life is a walk of faith and it's also a walk in the spirit of God. And so why is this important today? It's important because you don't want to be disqualified in life. Have you seen someone who has a, a, a great record? Maybe even today, maybe in history. Maybe their, their record as far as like their life's work was perfect, but it got tarnished because of one thing. Maybe David. We see the great man of God who, you know, we only see one thing, really, that marks his life. People remember uh, adultery. We see that, that others through history, we see this one because of anger. We see this one because of that. Here's what Paul said. 
He says, and I keep under my body and bring it into subjection. Lest that by any means, after I preach to others, I myself should be disqualified. So I don't want to be disqualified. You don't want to be disqualified. You know, there's things we can do in life that disqualifies. Well, you know, I'm just going to let the boss have a piece of my mind. Well, and you'll get a pink slip out the door. Nowadays, they're not pink slips. I don't know what color they are. There's a different color, but it used to be pink slips 30 years ago. You'll, you'll be looking elsewhere for a job, right? I want you to listen. Let me just read that passage and we'll close. See, this is not a heavy message. It should not be a heavy message like, oh man, I got to walk in the spirit. You know, it's just, it's a hard road and I just, man. No, it should be good news. Oh man, thank God. I don't, I don't have to yield to my temper. I don't have to, to, you know, to yield to this or to that. Thank God. I mean, it's a good news for me because I know who I was. I know what I was. I was a, a bad rascal. I mean, that's, that's a good way to say it. 1 Corinthians 9, verse 24. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receives the prize. So run that you may obtain. See, I don't want to run in life, in, in this life, in vain. I don't want my life to be in vain because I got disqualified. Every man that strives for the mastery, he's temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown. You win a race, you get a crown. But we, an incorruptible, we're, we're not just running a, a race down here, we're running a spiritual race. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beats the air. Have you ever just beat the air? That's what happens when you're, when you're running your life in vain. You're just, you're, you're not hitting the mark. You're not, you know, if you're a fighter, you want to land the mark. You want to hit and make it count. When, when, you're, um, when you're not doing that, you're just hitting the air. What's it doing? It's wearing you out. Just like we talked about Wednesday night, if it's in the flesh, it's wearisome. It, it wears you out. And you just, it just takes a lot out of you. But if it's in the spirit, the spirit quickens you. It makes you alive. So, so fight I, not as one that beats the air, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection. Lest it by any means when I preach to others, I myself should be a castaway. Hallelujah. And I got one more because I know that you need this verse. I can tell that you really need it this morning. Jude, right before the book of Revelation, Jude 24 says this. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling. You know, I'm not walking my Christian life today afraid that I'm going to miss it. Um, I'm afraid. I'm afraid that I'm not going to make it. I'm afraid that I'm just, I'm just, I'm not going to match up. No, I am not afraid. Unto him that's able to keep me from falling. <coughs> I want you to say that with me. He's able to keep me from falling. And to present me faultless, the Bible says, before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. 
The Bible says he's able to keep that which I commit unto him. I've committed my life to him, so he's able to keep me. Amen. You know, a lot of people believe in, and they wonder, do you believe in eternal security? Yes, as long as you stay in Christ. But if you go out and do your own thing and you live any certain way, there is no promise. There's too many scriptures the other way. But you know what? Here's the good thing. I'm not looking to see how close I can get to the fence. I'm not looking. Who as a kid ever straddled a fence? Did you ever fall? Okay. It's not fun, is it? We got a firsthand experience here. It's the same thing in the, in the, in the spirit. Don't see how close you can be to the world and still be saved. See how close you can be to Jesus, but still have a foot in the, in the I'm still on the earth. Enoch got so close one day that the Bible says he was no more. God took him. And then he went on to be with the Lord. He's like, okay, you just come on up here, Enoch, and we'll have fellowship. Hallelujah. So it just takes the thing we talk about all the time, a work of the Spirit in our life. And here's the thing. Don't be discouraged. Don't be discouraged that, you know, I haven't arrived yet. I haven't arrived yet either. We're still walking in Christ-like perfection. Even Paul said that he had not arrived. But allow the work of the Spirit of God in your life on a daily basis. Just say, Lord, in fact, just bow your head. Just on the inside of you, just, just talk to the Lord right now. And just tell him that, that, that you want to fulfill his plan, that you want to be changed, that you want to walk in his perfect will for your life. Because that's the only thing that will satisfy you. That's the only thing that will cause you to be fulfilled on the inside. But for us to go and be the people that God wants us to be, we have to allow his work on the inside. Do you remember in John 15, he says, if you bear fruit, that's good. I'm going to cause you to bear more fruit. I'm going to purge. Oh, you might be saying, well, I feel like I've been purged, Pastor. That's a good thing. You're going to bear more fruit. And we, we grew up having different kinds of, um, we had some muscadines. And so it's like a grape. And when you... At the end of the year, it's just like a lot of bushes, like a rose bush or other things. Sometimes, and we even have bushes right now in our front yard, that at the end of the year, you cut those things down so much you think you killed them. But you know what happens? Is next year they come back. And they come back even better. So we just have to allow the, the, the life of God. And that's why I'm just, I'm, I'm asking you, even as your pastor, allow the Lord to work in your life. Allow the presence of God. Allow the, it's an easy way. Allow the fire to purge. Allow the fire to burn. Allow it to remove things in your life. Let you, you do that through prayer. You do that through crying out to him. You do that by, by seeking him and letting him have his way in your life. Father, we thank you today for your word. We thank you for your people, Lord, that these are your people. Lord, I just thank you for your work on the inside, that, Lord, you would purify your people. Lord, that we would be a, a holy people. Lord, reserved unto good works. Lord, that, that even as the Bible says, 
that we would cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. And Lord, let every person realize that this is a, a not a negative message, but this is an exciting message that we can be who you called us to be, that we are who your word says we are, that we're not someone trying to be, but we are those people, that we are righteous, we are holy, we are sanctified, we are set apart today for your work. Oh, Father, we just bless you. We thank you. Lord, even as your word says that even as you are, we are the same in this world. And Lord, even when we see your face, we shall be like you, for we shall see you as you are. And Lord, when we have that hope in us, it gives a purifying effect in our life. So we thank you for it. Thank you today, Lord, that your fruit flows and just works in our life so much today that, Lord, when people see us, they see the fruit, and, Lord, that they can partake, just like we eat fruit in the natural. Lord, that people can see the joy on the inside of us, and they say, you know what? You, you sure have a lot of joy. I need some of that. And, Lord, as a, as a believer, we can say, okay, here, I'm going to give you some joy right now. The Lord's going to fill you. Thank you, Lord, that that's the way every believer's life should be. Love, joy, peace, all the fruit. And Lord, we just give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise. Lord, just fill every person right now. Fill them afresh. Just lift your hands right now. Father, fill each heart right now. Filled. Filled. Filled in Jesus' name. Lord, thank you for a fresh anointing, a fresh infilling, a fresh touch. Thank you, Lord, for fresh, fresh, fresh oil, fresh oil. Lord, thank you that this is a fresh oil church. Lord, I thank you for fresh oil, fresh oil. Fresh oil, fresh oil, fresh oil. Thank you, Lord, when we have fresh oil, it makes the difference. Thank you, Lord, for fresh, fresh oil, fresh. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I thank you for times of refreshing right now that come from the presence of the Lord. Fresh anointing. A fresh anointing. Thank you, Father. Just like the psalmist said, say this with me, I shall be anointed with fresh oil. How many know it matters that you take care of your engine and your car. Same thing in, in spiritually. You didn't know it, but you came in here, there's an angel snuck up behind you. Said, okay, boys, they need fresh oil today. Amen. And they pour out. They pour out. What happens when you have fresh oil? Things, you're not cranky anymore. You just, 
you know, you, you don't seize up as much, you know. You just, you just, things just are smooth. There's a flow. That's what happens when you have fresh oil. <laughs> and you know that, here's the good the news. Let me give you some more good news before we go. That fresh oil is on the inside of you. You have to just stir it up. You know, just like when you speak in other tongues, you speak from here. As a sembruske brande tia, zgrin de gretus vrandekera, and kruste mandegrite keramaste turra bastea, and as a tus vrandekera, as I do that, what, I'm yielding to what's on the inside. I can do that anytime I want to. Some people got stuck because they thought it was just a gift of the Spirit. That's, there is a gift of the Spirit. Tongues, interpretation of tongues. But my prayer language, I can do anytime I want to. Anywhere I want to. Except when the minister's preaching. And, uh, you know, be a hindrance. Let everything be done decently in order. But let it be done. <laughs> but just like I can yield to that, if, if I feel sad trying to come on me, what do I do? Do I beg God for him to take it away? Do I beg God that he would just move heaven and earth to come fill me? No, I just say, that's on the inside of me right now. Lord, I'm going to stir that up, and I'm just going to laugh. The Bible says, at destruction and famine, you shall laugh. You need to laugh at destruction. You need to laugh at famine. You need to laugh when the devil brings problems. That, that's not my neighbor doing it for me. Let me call up the prayer tower and just get them to laugh for me. No, you laugh. You begin to stir up the gift of God. When, you, when you're tempted at the grocery store, you're in the short line and there's someone with 46 items. <laughs> what do you do? You, you begin to let the fruit of patience work in your life. Amen. And things will be a lot better in your life the more full that you stay. Can you say amen? Thank you, Lord. Well, stand to your feet this morning. I've got joy like a river. Amen. Father, thank you today for your people. Thank you, Lord, for this place, Lord, that you've called us to. Father, I thank you for bringing in people from the north, the south, the east, and the west. Lord, that many people would be saved. Lord, we know that the work is great. The labor is a few. Lord, send forth laborers into your harvest fields. Lord, send each person into the harvest field that's here. But Lord, I just thank you. I ask you, Lord, that we would be a place, Lord, that would be able to receive, Lord, when the harvest comes. Lord, that we'll be a place that's ready. We'll be a place that's, this is a harvesting field. And that we are harvesters of the great harvest that you have. Lord, you're not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. And we thank you for, we thank you for it, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for this week. Thank you that much fruit shall remain. Thank you, Lord, for every person, Lord, that, Lord, this shall be a week of blessing. Lord, that Tuesday shall be a, a day of harvest. Wednesday shall be overflow. Thursday is the fullness of God. Friday, the favor of God. 
Saturday's going to be all of these combined. And Lord, when we come back Sunday, it'll be a time of rejoicing. And we thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord.